It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Impact of Influence The Murdoch Family Murders. This is the unfolding story of a powerful South Carolina family, the mysterious deaths they are linked to, and our quest to bring you the truth. Hello, friend. Always grateful that you decide to spend time with us. There's so many options out there, so many choices, but you've been going strong with us on Impact of Influence. I am Matt Harris. Seton Tucker, where can they find out more? You can find us on our Facebook page, which is Impact of Influence. And we go right into Russell Lafitte, the banker buddy of Alec Murdoch. Yes, his sentencing hearing was held in Charleston, South Carolina, and I made the trip. I was thinking it was going to last a couple of hours at most, but it was a whole day thing and I had to get home for some family obligations. So didn't make the whole day, but got to hear the morning session and a lot of different arguments. I, I want to know about when you arrived, because I saw, I think John Monk from the state paper of, of South Carolina had a picture of people waiting in line to get in. It was very crowded. It was actually much more crowded than Russell Lafitte's trial. Um, so I was shocked. I got there in plenty of time and, Barely made it in and wasn't able to actually sit in the courtroom. They had another courtroom open for overflow. So I had to sit in there. And I think part of the reason was there were a lot of family members and friends from Hampton who were there, as well as a lot of attorneys and victims. So there was just a big crowd. And so you go in and the day starts with what? The day started off reviewing the offers of sentencing that were presented to Russell Lafitte by the government. And the government had two offers that they presented. One was 72 months or six years if Lafitte admitted full responsibility and gave up any attempt to argue ineffective assistance of counsel. Or 87 months, a little over seven years, without taking full responsibility. And I believe that full restitution was required in both of these offers, but they had some acoustic difficulties, so it was kind of hard to hear at times. Let's uh, bring in our legal analyst He's a former prosecutor and a former defense attorney. He is John Snyder. Hi, John. Hello. How are you guys? We're great. Um, before we get into the questions about the sentencing deals, I I don't know if you've been to federal sentencing before. Is this a weird amount of time that it took? Is it usually this long? It is not usually this long, but it sounds like there were... Uh, some some issues that were being raised by defense counsel that probably should have been dealt with before the young man went into court. Do you want to handle those now or like specifics about that? No, I mean, I just think that typically you go in, everything's kind of buttoned up. You know, it's just a straightforward process. And here it looks like, you know, the defense was trying to raise issues and kind of have questions asked that, I would have argued untimely, and uh, it seemed like the judge wasn't that interested in hearing hearing their take on that either. Well, be- before we get to uh, 
Judge Gurgle's reaction to these objections. Let me ask you this first, John. Was it surprising to you that Russell Lafitte did not take any of these sentencing deals? My impression was his, the ultimate sentence that he, that he received was not too far off from what some of the prior plea offers had been. And so I, my guess would be that there was a uh, out-of-court agreement between the parties that without Lafitte admitting responsibility, he would go to trial, but that he would pay full restitution. And so I think that's why what, what, when we learned what the other prior offers had been that he turned down, uh, they were slightly better, but not distinctively different than what he ultimately got sentenced for. Um, sometimes in federal cases, and, and we're going to see that, you know, we're going to learn a lot about federal court here with the former president in the next uh, six months. Um, sometimes you get hammered if you roll the dice and go to trial. So you might get a deal to be like, plea guilty to 10 years or let the judge sentence you. And so sometimes that can be, you know, what would have been a 10 year offer turns into a 70 year offer. Do they always read the offers that were on the table? Is that, I didn't know that that was part of the thing. I, I think that is probably being done now to show that he's not getting favoritism, that he's not, there's nothing unusual about this case and, and to help the public understand how they reach this conclusion. Because they don't normally do that then, or it's not the normal thing. It's not, it's not the normal thing to, to let the world know that, hey, dummy turned down five years, <laughs> and the judge just sentenced him to 100. Let's get back into these objections that the defense was making. Judge Gurgle has a very expressive face, and you could see the frustration on his face while, while some of these objections were being made. Uh, the defense seemed to be arguing that Russell Lafitte was manipulated by Alec Murdoch, like many others, and Judge Gurgle really wasn't having this. He said that he had not seen this sophisticated type of scheme in his 13 years on the bench. He said that this was an extraordinarily complex scheme. And Emily Limehouse from the prosecution actually said this would not have happened without Mr. Murdoch, but could not have happened without Russell Lafitte. So a few questions for you, John. Russell Lafitte was convicted last November on six counts of financial crimes, and we are just now at the sentencing phase. Why did it take so long? So that, that's actually very typical in federal nonviolent uh, cases for there to be a gap of time between a conviction and a sentencing hearing. Once you're convicted, there's a whole department of uh, the Federal Bureau of Prisons where they basically do a deep dive on your life and they make sentencing recommendations. And so that takes time. Uh, also, it's a, it's, a, it's a white collar case. And so you, you, it, it may be that they need a time to have space for whatever prison that Lafitte is going to. It may have been a space issue. So they needed, you know, some guys needed to get out so that there, there was room for Russell wherever he's going. Now, federal crimes, I've read, require a person generally to serve 85% of time. How do they come to uh, this conclusion? Is it the formula the same? So it's, it's a formula that's set by federal statute. And so there's a, there's a grid, and they'll say, okay, if you get sentenced to uh, 10 years, there's a whole 
a whole matrix that's applied to that 10 years that depending on your behavior, your kind of prior life history, uh, what you do while you're in prison, it will determine whether you get an early release. An early release doesn't mean you're free. It means you might you might be moved to a halfway house or you might be moved to a home confinement. You know, it can look a lot of different ways depending on each individual defendant. And I think the judge did recommend, a, a, I think it was five years of some sort of restriction after he was released. Um, I don't know whether that's home confinement. I don't think it's home confinement. I can't remember exactly it's what the details were. supervised probation where yeah. he is still required to check in. He's required to not break the law. It's a whole set of things where, you know, you don't just disappear from the government's radar. Will Russell Lafitte get any sort of credit for the time he served under home confinement? You, you do not get any credit towards your final sentence uh, during your pre-trial home confinement. Okay, so the federal government had recommended nine to an 11 and a half years based on the crime, and he received a seven-year sentence. And I guess the defense was seeking about three to five years. Seems like some sort of compromise. Do you think the seven-year sentence was high or low? I think it's appropriate for the nonviolent basis, the lack of prior criminal history, and the ability for him to, to pay full restitution. I, I, I actually find it to be uh, right in line and probably a little heavier than he thought it would be, but, but appropriate. And Seton, you saw Alec's brother, John Marvin, at the courthouse. As I was leaving, I did see John Marvin entering the courthouse. I read something about that, and people were wondering why he was there. But he was friends with Lafitte forever. I mean, that had to be really difficult for him to go, because his brother was involved in this shenanigans. Or yes. Not shenanigans is not the right word. Worse than shenanigans. Worse, worse than shenanigans. <laughs> These, you know, these crimes, his brother was involved in these crimes with Russell Lafitte. I think it takes some guts, I guess would be the word, bravery. I don't know. Bravery yeah. is kind of too strong of a word, but to show your face around there because you know everybody's going to be talking about you and why is he there? What's he doing? Good old boy, blah, blah, blah. We don't know, but he could have been supporting Russell because they went to high school together and grew up together. Well, he spoke on his behalf during his trial. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that could be why he was there. Just show a little support. Just support. And there were a lot of people from Hampton there. Take a little break and uh, get you ready for some traveling you've got coming up. Some international trip where you want to be able to at least get around, right? So you want to learn the language of the country that you're going to. You want to experience it with a little bit of knowledge going in. And you can get a lot of bit of knowledge when you use Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program. It's available on desktop. It can also be used as an app on your phone or tablet. And Rosetta Stone teaches through immersion. It's instead of memorizing and drilling vocabulary words, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals. You read stories. You participate in dialogues. So you are ready to go. It's the most trusted, time-tested app out there. They've been the expert in language learning for 30 years. Buy Rosetta Stone now and you never have to pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, 
Impact of Influence listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 40% off. That's 40% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 40% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. Let's talk about one of our sponsors. It is Factor. You can eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh meal is never frozen and it is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, and they are ready in just two minutes. Where did you have chili the other day? Delicious. And if you want gourmet meals, you can try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, asparagus. So head to factormeals.com slash impact50 and use code impact 50-5-0, to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code's impact50 at factormeals.com slash impact50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Impact 50 at factormeals.com slash impact 50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. After uh, lunch, there was character witnesses. Yes, we heard from his wife, uh, his daughter. Is his daughter an adult daughter or child daughter? Adult daughter. I, I don't know exactly how old she is. I would say, estimate, I saw her at the... Trial, I would say probably early 20s. A friend, a fellow banker, as well as Russell himself. And Russell apologized for making these loans and neglecting details that led for this money being stolen. Um, And he talked about failures on his part, but he did not make a full admission. John, why and did you think this impacted his sentencing in any way? He is asserted in open court that his conviction was wrong because he didn't commit the crimes that he was convicted of. And so to, to be in court, in open court, while your case is under appeal, to say, no, I, in fact, am guilty, and please forgive me, negates the, the legal argument of the, of the appeal. And so I think, you know, a good lawyer will tell his client, don't do that. Like, you can't. You can't take full responsibility while your case is under appeal. Sure. So I think, I, I, you know, I would not, as a as a follower of the case, and as you know, as people that are looking at this, I wouldn't wouldn't say he's not taking responsibility. It's that it's not the right time for him to take responsibility under the legal process that he's engaged in. And a full responsibility. I mean, because he's taking some. He apologized that maybe he wasn't as diligent as he should have been, but he didn't say, I did these crimes. I'm truly sorry. I think his whole pitch is, I wasn't a mastermind. Murdoch just tricked me. I think that's basically his pitch, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and he can't can't be like, I'm so sorry for all the things I've done. Like, it's like, well, because he's in his, I mean, his whole defense was, 
he didn't know he was doing anything wrong. Right, right. Like, so he can't, you can't take that admission in a, in a sentencing hearing because I would immediately turn around and file a motion to dismiss the appeal. Judge Gergel pointed out that these crimes were committed against extremely vulnerable people and says that Russell treated them like players on a chessboard, moving around money. And he talks about the people who came to the courthouse that day to support Russell gave a very different picture than the crimes that he had committed. Yeah, so he has people saying what good he did, which was different than the side of Russell that's about to go to jail. Yes. But then we hear from the victims. Who did we hear from? Well, we heard from the Plyler sisters as well as Pamela Pinckney, who was Hakeem Pinckney's mother. Uh, Hakeem Pinckney was one of Alec Murdoch's clients who was injured in an accident and became a paraplegic. And she actually says that she forgave him. She wouldn't forget him, but she forgave him and that she wished that the joy of the Lord would be y'all's friends. Mm. What a gracious woman to right. be able to forgive. Then Gurgle went into sentencing and he said, quote, least pleasant aspect of his job. Uh, I send their family to prison. Yeah. Which is right. I mean, you know, with the, he's going to be there and that really messes with the whole family dynamic and justifiably so since he was found guilty. Yeah, I mean, it was sad. You heard from these family members and community members who described uh, Russell as being a great father and husband and community member. There was also some letters that were written in advance to Judge Gurgle from different people. And one lady actually said that Russell sent her mother an outfit to wear to a wedding, and it was she didn't typically wear skirts, and it was the only time she ever wore a skirt. <laughs> and another thing is, some of these letters that were sent to Judge Gurgle were completely redacted. You couldn't see who sent them and oh, what wow. was sent. Yeah. Maybe by the choice of the person who sent it, because they don't want to be tied in necessarily. That's a good point, but I could see redacting names and addresses, but they, in some of these letters, they redact the entire portion. Oh, wow. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the, maybe they just did that to make it shorter, so you wouldn't read the whole thing. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and then Lafitte's attorneys asked for him to be given bond to file an appeal, and Gurgle denied this motion on the fact that it was not likely that facts would exist to overturn the case. John, do you have any thoughts on this? No, I think that's pretty normal, and and he's had plenty of time to get his affairs in order and get get right with Jesus and get right with his family and all that fun stuff. And Gurgle was saying, let's 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 get this party started. Judge Gurgle recommended a medium security prison in Jessup, Georgia, um, and he recommended that the state charges would be run concurrently. Now, I think I believe Jessup is about little over two hours away from Hampton, where his family resides. And that's not official yet. It has to be determined by the federal prison system and the state, and he still has pending state charges. But that is what Gurgle is recommending. I guess, you know, what we've seen in state cases, you know, you after you're charged, you're immediately cuffed and taken away. And I guess Russell is going to have to report. Tell us how this works. Yeah, so he has now been sentenced. It's medium security. So, so the judge, the pre-sentencing people uh, that work for the Department of Prisons, the U.S. Marshals Service all say he's not going to run, one. But two, uh, we're going to wait till he has a 
has a spot or a bed in Jessup. And so, he, you know, if I'm him, I want to go ahead and get into the system. So I start serving my seven years. Um, so it, it's, it's this weird, like, you're in this weird, like, hold between getting sent off and going. Uh, federal courts try to keep people as close to their family network as possible so that, you know, kids can come visit, you know, parents can come check on their sons and daughters. It's so that's pretty normal. And, um, you know, everybody's seen Tommy Lee Jones chasing Harrison Ford around like Marshall (laughs) typically will get his guy. And so they're not worried about Russell Lafitte being a flight risk because the U.S. Marshal Service would find him. And then, you know, a whole host of new charges would also happen. So he's not going anywhere. The public's safe and his time is beginning. So it's, I think that's very normal in these types of cases. He just turns himself in. It's not like they're going to show up at his house. Like they just, they'll just say, Hey, bed's here, drive your ass over and we'll put you in. Uh, Yeah. Report to the courthouse and send, you know, us marshal escort you to your, you know, you'll be on the bus with uh, Nicholas Cage and uh, Steve Buscemi. Conair! Uh, and waiting for uh, Ving Rain to wreck a plane. That's right. <laughs> Justin Bamberg, who is the attorney for the Pinckney family, was quoted by the Greenville News as saying, No one is celebrating the downfalls of the Murdoch or the Lafitte family. They are celebrating accountability. That's a, a good statement. That is true. Uh, although that's a lie because there are people celebrating it. <laughs> he, he likes, I mean, it's the nice thing to say, but who's kidding who? There are people who are happy to see the downfall. It's just the way it works in society. Yeah, I mean, it is, but you also have to feel some empathy for family members who may not have had anything to do with any of this nonsense. Sure, and their names are ruined because of the bad apple or apples. Yep. And that's not to take away from anybody who is angry and maybe celebrating because they were really wronged by these people. Some people just like to see the fall of the rich and famous. John Snyder, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. And special thanks to uh, my listeners, our listeners in Aiken. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, apparently, we are, we are, we are well-known uh, podcast personalities. And Aiken, Chad and Krista, thank you for for uh, being good good listeners. Worst country. All right. Later, Snyder. See you guys. And uh, some comments from the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Is that where you got this? No, I just had uh, a local listener reach out to us okay. saying that she loved our Mr. Joe episode and that she also loves Wicked South. Yeah, Wicked South Podcast is on Facebook at Wicked South Podcast that we do with uh, Michael DeWitt, who mentioned you in... One of his articles. We've got to thank all the people who uh, we kind of gathered stuff from on the second part of the Lafitte uh, tr- uh, sentencing hearing because you had to dash to take care of family stuff. Yes, we relied on Fitz News, uh, Drew Tripp with ABC, uh, Greenville News, of course, Michael DeWitt, and Anybody State else? Paper. The there state you go, paper. State Paper. <laughs> old, good old uh, Mr. Monk. All right, my friends, we are always, always grateful. Please rate. Review, share the episode, follow us. It means a lot, and we'll talk soon. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.